So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. And I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back. To bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to six figure forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you for being here, investing time and energy into growing your business. The purpose of the podcast is to help you win more inquiries, maximize your profits, and to break through your limiting beliefs. Today, we're going to be talking about the winning more inquiries side of this conversation. Now, before I go in, I've been saying this the last few episodes, but man, I really do mean it. Right now, this episode, you could have watched it weeks in advance over in my mastermind group. I do pre-releases, behind-the-scenes recordings of the podcast in video format. Now, I know many of you are thinking, but Ben, I only like audio. That's fine. All good things. Put it in your pocket. You don't need to look at my face. You can just listen to the audio. I'd love to invite you over to that space. Uh, it's my mastermind group. If you go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, you can join close to 17,000 other photographers where I do free coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 3 p.m. EST. Uh, and if you're looking for today's uh, podcast, if you like what Adam Mason has to say, and you're like, man, I want to see this dude. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to learn a little bit more from him. Uh, once you get into the Facebook group, just go ahead and search Adam Mason and this episode will pop up as a video. And so you guys, we're going to be talking today. I've already, I've already blown it. I've already, I've already spilled the beans. We got Adam Mason with us today. Uh, Adam Mason, he's the head photographer of Mason Photography. You may have heard him on the Bearded Tog podcast. And if that doesn't give you a visual of what Adam, what his face may appear like, the Bearded Tog podcast, I don't know what will. Uh, one of my favorite things about Adam is the copywriting on his website. Photography is his passion. Eliminating fear is his purpose. You may have actually heard of Adam Mason on a previous episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast, episode 156 of the show. We spoke about eliminating fear. Well, today we're going to talk about lead generation, getting clients with vendor referrals. Adam Mason, welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, man? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, this is the second most exciting thing I have going on today. The first is planning a motorcycle trip uh, to the Canadian border. So I like 
you know, I'm splitting my mind open right now, but I'm focused on Ben and I'm just pretending that we're on a motorcycle talking about this. So it's good to be here, man. I'm pumped. That sounds so fun. So is this like a side hobby of yours, uh, like uh, touring on motorcycles? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a, a motorcycle family. And over the last few years, I've been wanting to do more off road and kind of adventure stuff. And so mm-hmm. there's a network of trails around the United States that um, are kind of service road oriented, and they're called the BDR. And it's like a cool accomplishment to do uh, to do one to finish one, They're usually about 1300 miles each. Wow. And uh, yeah, planning to do two this year. Uh, they'll be my first and it'll be a little bit scary, but I've been training. And so yeah, it's just a little bit of a side hustle for me, something where like, all of my focus is on what I'm doing at one time, no calls, no emails, no yeah. Instagram posts, nothing. So it's super fun. I'm excited. So when you say, uh, so you're talking to someone who has no understanding of this. Okay. So these okay. may be obvious questions. When you say it's a little bit scary and it's a kind of an accomplishment type of thing, what, uh, what's scary about it exactly? Is it like one, one go? Are you pulling off the side road and camping? Like, how does this work? Yeah. Most guys are probably doing, there's nine sections to each of these usually. And so you're usually doing a section or two a day. Uh, the scary part is that they vary in skill level. So uh, the second one we plan to do, the one we're, we're talking about right now, is known as one of the top three. There are 10 of them right now, mm-hmm. and it's uh, in the top three most difficult. And that might be you're not riding on pavement. You know, we're riding oh. on rocky terrain, muddy terrain, uh, river crossings, you know, all on the bike. And again, because of camping and maintenance, it's kind of this like badge of honor to be ready for anything. And so- uh yeah. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be pushing to the limit, you know, and then uh, when you're riding off road, all of the things you learn in training for riding are the opposite of what you learn on the road. And so for on the mm. road, it's, you know, hey, you want to be seated. Hey, you turn, you know, by pushing. Uh, whereas adventure riding, if you're off road, you're standing most of the time and you turn by shifting your weight and pushing down with your feet. So it's very different paradigm. And, uh, but I'm very excited and I'll probably drop my bike a few times and have to pick up the 700 pounder that it is and keep going. Wild. Okay. Yeah. That completely changes <laughs> things in my mind. I was thinking you're just driving down the highway. Like yeah. I'm totally oblivious. I'm like, yeah. what's so hard about this? So, so is this more like motocross, like dirt bike? So there's a, you can definitely do dirt bikes on these trails. That's what, that's what the wise people say to do is take a smaller <laughs> dirt bike on, uh, rather than the 700 pound, you know, there's this element called adventure touring, right? And there's, there's these guys that ride around the world, or maybe they'll do stuff from like, you know, uh, the tip of, you know, Patagonia or Argentina all the way to the U S. Um, and so, yeah, there, our bikes are called dual sport bikes. So they're supposed mm-hmm. to be good for on the road and pretty solid and, you know, street legal, but then also too, we can take them off road. They have a little bit higher clearance. Uh, and they really just, if they take a lick and they keep on ticking kind of thing, you know? And, uh, yeah, my bike is 1250 CC. So definitely a bigger bike to be doing off road with, but, um, you know, it also helps carry everything we want. So I'm excited, man. I'm really pumped. Have you, uh, this reminds me of, uh, and, and, the example I'm going to give you was, I believe, just like street touring, but uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Green Lights. Did you read that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. He, remind, he reminds me of that chapter. He just like, they rented some bikes and just like, where were they? They just like toured across Europe or something. Yeah, um, totally. 
Yeah, very, very different though, I think, writing style. Well, this is cool. So today <laughs> we're not going to talk about lead generation from vendor referrals. We're just going to talk motocross the rest <laughs> of the Everyone's like, nope, done. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> um, this is really cool, man. Uh, I, I love that. So so for me, this is also the second um, most exciting thing that I will be doing uh, because the number one thing I'll be doing today is picking my daughter up from art camp. And I would be flat out lying to you if I said I wasn't jealous. Like she's Mm. there from nine in the morning to four at night, just like making art in the, it's in this whole, like the, 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 when you think about camp, like kid camping, you know, like all the ideas that come to mind, the cabins and the groups. And it's like all of that. It's, it's like insane. And I want to be there. I want to be making tie-dye shirts. Come on. Um, (laughs) But instead, I just get to vicariously live through her when I pick her up. And she tells me all the stories of all the things. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow, Um, Adam, so I reached out to you um, uh, earlier in the week um, because I'm producing a big resource for the photography community. It's no secret. Um, but many, many of the listeners may not know about it. What I'm doing is I'm producing a resource on growth strategies being used by the world's smartest photographers. And I reached out to my audience, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook and in the Massman group and an email. And I, and even just like, uh, the conference host, I asked all these people like, Hey, who are the world's smartest photographers? I, I want to extract as much information as I can from these people and, and distribute it to the masses. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Adam, your name of course came up. And so I reached out <laughs> to you. I said, Adam, what, man, what's, what's one of your growth strategies? And, and you mentioned an idea of, of, of vendor relationships in a way for, for lead generation. And I thought it was, it was brilliant. I thought it was really well uh, kind of walked through and I figured well, we can actually talk about this on the podcast. And so, um, so I'd love to chat about it, man. Yeah. What do you have a, is there a better, like a, a wording or phrase that, that you would wrap this up in instead of my long winded, you know, getting clients from vendor relationships? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, you know, we we need to come up with that elevator pitch. But for the most part, it's all about having a referral generating vendor experience, you know, for me, for oftentimes in our community, right? And you and I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, some of the people I looked up to, it's good to think about the client experience um, all the time, right? And how are we serving them? How are we loving our couples? How are we really engaging with them? And then they're going to refer us and that's going to be awesome. But the reality, too, is that, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, I just celebrated 10 years of weddings uh, like two weeks ago. And the reality is you work with vendors, different vendors every weekend. And, you know, and sometimes they're the same. And it's like, how can I serve you better? What things in this job could we be working on together so that, you know, for this fruitful, hopefully, and long relationship can we be better at? And uh, so I just started thinking about different things and taking notes from different vendors and planners on, you know, what pain points they had photo wise. Cause it's like every weekend we do get a chance to create marketing for them. And so I'm kind of leading into that, that mindset there, but it's, um, you know, we have a great opportunity to serve the vendors as well without sacrificing anything, you know, towards the couple. And, you know, the average wedding has eight to 10 vendors, you know, if it's a nicer wedding, maybe even more or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, they're going to post and share your photos and they're going to think of you and you want to be top of mind for them when they say, Hey, do you know any photographers? We're looking for somebody, uh, especially this year when everybody's overbooked. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that it's been so crucial for me. And then now, 
I basically automate this whole process. We can get into that later too with, you know, my CRM of choice, which is Tave. And so it really doesn't take that much more work to, to be personable and approachable. Um, and then it, it leads to referrals. I mean, the data is there. Vendor referrals is one of my top three referrals uh, sources. And, you know, it's super fun. And I think it's a minor piece of, you know, a minor amount of work for a huge exponential gain. You know, if somebody yeah. said, hey, I'll pay you, uh, you know, let's say the average booking price for a wedding is $3,500 or $5,000. I'll pay you $5,000 to send a few more emails and to pay a little bit more intention when you post on Instagram. You get, okay, I'm in, you know, right? Like, so every chance you do that is a chance to book another wedding or to book more weddings. And so that's um, awesome. Yeah, that's kind of the gist behind it. And I think too, there's a lot of, um, you know, honoring other vendors and serving other vendors is thinking, well, where do couples in the buying process go first? You know, and they usually don't go to photographers first unless it's a very specific situation. Uh, I think we'd all like for them to come to us first and be like, yeah, you know, we'll, they'll pick the date around us. And that happens for a lot of us. Um, but I think, too, you know, venues, how can we serve venues? How can we serve planners? How can we serve, you know, caterers and those kinds of groups uh, well and, you know, be on their lists, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, that's my whole I didn't do a better job. That's the, that's great. That's the no, longer no, spiel. <laughs> but you did though. You did because you wrapped it up into this, these single two words, vendor experience. We're yeah. so used in the photography industry uh, to work on our client experience. Hey, I, hey, I'm trying to figure out my client experience. I'm all about the client experience. I'm, I'm working on improving the client experience. Hey, what do you do? What's your client experience workflow? You know, these are all the conversations that we're having um, and we're really dialed in. We're so focused on our client. And I, I get that. Makes sense. Critical key component to running a successful yeah. business is keeping your clients happy. Um, and yet what you're talking about though is the vendor experience. And it makes so much sense. I, I love what you said that... Um, that on a wedding, there's a couple of interesting numbers that came up for me as you were sharing this information. One is on a wedding day, you've got one client, you've got yeah. one potential referrer, right? And yet within the vendors, like you're saying, um, you've got, you know, four, six, eight, sometimes more potential yeah. referrers that exist within the vendor community. I, I just photographed a wedding this, uh, this weekend. Uh, it was a, it was a incredible wedding. It was a black tie wedding. I got to dress up like James Bond. It was awesome. And, uh, uh, there were so many vendors. I went to post up the photograph just yesterday on Instagram and I was just like tagging after tagging after tagging. It was, it was ridiculous, you know? Um, yeah. But the other interesting number would be this, especially within the wedding space, your wedding client will say they're in the industry. They're like actively thinking about you and referring you for maybe 12 months that right. they're like in the, in the market, you know, and yet you've got companies, you've got businesses that are, are existing for years. Now, maybe it's only three years. Maybe they don't quite hit that five-year mark that businesses sure. are after, but, yeah. but I think the really good ones, you know, you're, they're in it for the long haul, five years, 10 years, 20 years, that if you can continue to pour into that relationship, that that is a referral that has such a longer lifespan than just the client alone. Um, so fascinating. And then you times like, like earlier, then you times that by six or eight or however many vendors there are Mer mercy. Totally. So for me, I always have thought about this in terms of other people's clients, 
Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm coaching photographers or I'm talking to them, like, listen, it's great for you to go get your own clients, but what about everybody who already has your clients? How could you tap into other people's clients, other vendors' clients? Yeah. Um, what are some of the, before we get into the automation, which I think is really exciting. That's, that's a, that's a sexy component to this thing. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to, to, to really connect with these vendors, especially if you've never had an interaction with them, if you've never met them. I think that's probably one of the harder ones. I think it's pretty obvious maybe, or, or there's a lot of light bulbs that go off for photographers who are like, oh yeah, it's like Stacy the florist. We get together all the time. We see each other all the time. But I think for the yeah. photographer listening who like, yeah, that's great, Adam, I, but I don't know any of these vendors. How do you mm-hmm. begin to enter into that relationship with them? Yeah. So honestly, part of our process, you know, for me, and I'm a big workflow junkie, big, uh, you know, process junkie is if I'm already sending, you know, what most photographers would call a wedding day questionnaire before mm. the wedding, right? You know, I'm emailing the couple, I'm gathering some details for the wedding day, right? And uh, there are plenty of templates online, or you can make your own and uh, you kind of adjust it to what you need and what you want prior to, uh, you know, wedding day and what's going to help serve you best when it comes to wedding day. Well, you know, I started asking for vendor information Mm -hmm. and it might seem kind of annoying, honestly, because if there's 10 vendors I'm asking for, you know, I ask for their name. Like who runs the company? Is it Ben? Which for you, I'll have a two out of three chance of getting it right, right? Or you know, 100% chance of getting it right. Uh, You know, or is it something else, right? Or like I get called Mason all the time and I hate it, but it's fine. Uh, You know, and then I also ask for their Instagram handles and I ask for their emails and Basically, what happens is seven days before the wedding, I'm just going to email them, introduce myself, say, hey, I'm the photographer for this wedding, and I couldn't be more excited to be working with you, you know, and one, just that email. I get, when I show up on wedding day, the hair and makeup artists are like, Adam, it's you, like, no one's ever done this before. Oh my gosh. And they start bragging about you when you show up, mm-hmm. uh, which if you're like me, getting ready always feels a little bit awkward starting the day out that way. Start. Yeah, I man, so that first half hour, you're like, hi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's like, okay, um, you know, and so that's really fun. And I love that. And I also tell them what I'm going to do for them. I already say seven days before the wedding, I say, hey, keep an eye out. If this is your correct email, I will be sending you the photos from the couple's wedding. You know, if we're allowed, you know, in DC, it happens a lot where we can't share. But uh, for the most part, we're allowed to share. And I say, hey, I'm going to share the gallery with you. You'll be able to use these photos for marketing, all that kind of stuff. And I encourage it. You know, a lot of photographers might be in that conversation of, hey, I want to charge, you know, $500 for this DJ to use my photo. Or, hey, I want to, you know, should I work out a licensing deal? Mm -hmm. And again, we talk about at the beginning of the episode, like, I might work with these people for the next 10 years, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, I want to have a fruitful relationship with them. And so, my process is telling them, hey, I'm so excited for you to use these photos. And then another thing I even say, this is also an Instagram growth strategy, which, but also to just helping them feel included and helping people feel, because all of us wedding vendors, we usually work alone, but if we work together, it's nice to feel community. So I actually tell them, I say, hey, here's a link to my Instagram. I would love if you DM'd me to say hi, to make sure I have the right handle so I can tag you correctly on wedding day. Mm. And Instantly, seven days before a wedding, go to Instagram. Oh, there's 10 DMs. It's all the vendors from that particular couple. And they're super excited. And they're like, Adam, this is so cool. And I, I follow all of them back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I usually refresh it, though, every year just because I'm like, all right, I'm seeing way too many cakes. Um, you know, but, you know, I'll follow all of them back. And that way, too, like 
I have the proper handle. I'm not tagging the wrong company someday or anything like that. Uh, so even just that initial email starts the churning of, oh, this person's different or, oh, this person's in my corner. You know, a lot of photographers back in the day, back when you and I were getting started, um, you know, the, a lot of things are, <laughs> our heroes told me was, um, you know, a lot of vendors or a lot of venues didn't like photographers because they they might keep the couple out too long and the food gets mm. cold or, you know, hey, the photographer made them late in all these kinds of situations. And, you know, honestly, again, without sacrificing anything that my couple expects, right? If my couple expects sunset, then we'll do sunset. But I'm not going to piss off the venue, you know, again, because that venue is a brick and mortar place that's going to be there for a long time. Mm. And, you know, making sure that I can serve them well really helps make the wedding not about me, you know, and uh, I think just having that spirit of generosity and togetherness starts off really, really well. And so that's the best way, honestly, to how this whole thing starts off. Um, I'll talk a little bit to you. Like I, I'm an over communicator, so I email Mm. all the time just for fun because I'm awful. Um, But like, I really shouldn't. Um, But then too, like the day after the wedding, I send them another email. <laughs> I send all the vendors an email the day after the wedding, literally 8 a.m. the next day. And I just say, hey, working with you guys yesterday was freaking awesome. I can't believe that we got to help, you know, Ben and Michaela or Ben and Amy, you know, or whatever. Uh, ben and Leslie on their epic wedding day. Uh, I'm so excited for you guys to see the photos. Just just so in case you missed it, you know, or whatever. I will send you guys the gallery as soon as possible so you guys can get starting to sharing all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then I also say, too, again, I say, hey, if you have any content from yesterday or any photos that you took yesterday, be sure to tag me in them. I'd Mm -hmm. love to, you know, engage with them, all that kind of stuff. Um, And so, again, like, even if they didn't check their email seven days ago or even if they forgot who I was or maybe it's like they rented a cool sofa for the wedding, right? So the sofa person, the rentals place, they don't really care, but they want a cool photo of their sofa, um, you know, they're going to make sure that we know what's up. I also too, I do ask in that first email, I forgot to mention, I ask them, are there any photos that you guys need? You know, honestly, it sounds so stupid, but I just ask them like, Hey, for a DJ, Hey, do you need photos of you? Or do you need photos of like a party? Like what you can produce, you know, or the florist yeah. or the venue. Um, and you get so many replies and they go, Hey, if you get a chance, I would love a photo of our team. I'm like, great. So I'll shoot the planner and her like assistants and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe it's a few minutes before ceremony and they just got it all set up and they're pumped and it's really, really cool. And so even just those two emails generate so much income for me, you know, because they're just going to constantly refer me. They know I'm reliable. Now there are vendors that get these emails and they kind of know that it's coming. They're like, Mm. oh, yeah, we're eight days out from a wedding. I'm getting an email from you tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. Um, And I love that. And then, too, it's like you already have more people in your corner as a photographer, as a business, you know, the last thing I'll say is that get them excited about the things you're already doing. If you're going to send the couple, the blog post, send the vendors, the blog post, Hey, Mm. you made it on the blog too, you know? And I think that's awesome. And something I talk about too is in the blog post, make sure you, you know, highlight your vendors URLs. Well, I already got their websites from my couple. If the couple filled it out correctly, correctly. And that way, you know, I already have backlinks for them, which as we know from SEO, they're excited. They're going to get some SEO backlinks. And they're going to be excited to share their work because I did all the work for them. You know, they're just like, hey, copy that link, post it to their Facebook page. Right. And again, you might have a venue with, you know, 2,500 likes on Facebook. Right. You know, which I don't know how much that is worth these days. But then you'll have five of those venues or five of those vendors, you know, in a month. And uh, and they're all sharing your blog posts like 
you yeah. just watch your analytics spike that day. So uh, that's my basic gist. I have a few more little tri- tips and tricks, but that's the basic gist of like, you know, just communication, just getting those emails from your wedding day questionnaire or even on the phone call with your couple. Like, hey, who are some of your vendors you're excited about yeah. uh, and, re- and reaching out to them to be pumped? It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I um I see the trend still on occasion of like passing over dollars to pick up pennies, meaning like mm-hmm. looking for the the sale. Well, you you know, Vinny, you can have my photograph for licensing fee or for X amount of money, and and no bad. Like I get it, you're looking right. to be compensated for your work, but we just need to think a little bit bigger than that. Because yeah, sure. I, I could work out a licensing deal with a venue where they can use my photograph on a billboard or whatever. Um, but I could also just blow them away and have them book me 10, $8,000 jobs over yeah. the next 12 months, you know, and, and, and flex that relationship, which um, occasionally you can do both, by the way, it's, they're not mutually exclusive. It's just really right. challenging. You've got to, you, you've got to be pretty, uh, charismatic to pull that move off. (laughs) All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982, and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. New photographers often feel stuck and insecure due to a lack of support and affordable resources. Unscripted app for photographers empowers them with poses, prompts, templates, education, and an easy client management system to confidently turn their passion into a dream business. You can find your confidence and become a thriving photographer in just a few easy steps. Firstly, download the app and create a free account. It takes seconds. Then confidently curate your first photo shoot and empower yourself with all the inspiration and resources you need at your fingertips. With the unscripted app, you'll get paid on time, every time. Use the client management system to build your client base and book the jobs you want. 
turn your passion into a dream business, and never work a day in your life again with the Unscripted app. So download now and begin your seven-day free trial to discover how Unscripted can transform your photography passion into a dream business. I want to I want to get into the automation side of things. So I'm a uh, I love uh, I love CRMs. I love the automation. Uh, I've been a Tave user for a long time. Also looking at Sprout. Uh, those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah Sprout Studio and Tave. Um, but I. Uh, I have some questions in regards to the automation because in my mind, I'm listening to this. I'm like, okay, yeah, Adam, love it. Makes sense. Right on, man. So seven days before the wedding, you're telling me you're going to remember it seven days before the wedding and then you're going to email a dozen people. uh, And sure, maybe you have the template and you just copy and paste it in, but you're going to go find all those emails. And so, so here's my question. How do you go from collecting, because I know you automate it somehow, but how do you go from <laughs> collecting their email address to having your CRM know that that's a vendor and then email them seven days prior to the wedding? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously I could not do this without Tave, you know, or your CRM of choice. But for me, Tave has been great. Shout out to Dave Shea and Nicole Green and all the team there. They're absolutely incredible. Um, and really making my business have a personal touch without me having to personally touch it, honestly. Um, and so what happens is for every question I have in my wedding day questionnaire, I have, you know, Tave uses, uh, I think it's called a token, but Tokens. other CRMs yep. might have a uh, different name for it, but it's a token. And so I just created uh, literally a token for almost every kind of vendor from photo booth to hair to makeup to venue to DJ to coordinator to planner to violinist everything. And, uh, and even if I go to a wedding and I don't have a form for that, I make a note and I go make the token when I come back. Um, <laughs> and so as the couple in their wedding day questionnaire fills it out, you know, they, they go and they fill out the, the venue email, right. Or the, whoever the, the vendor's email is on collecting all those tokens. And then I have an automation set by the job date, right. Which is the wedding date. Yep. And I just set the automation. Hey, execute this email, which I have a template for, seven days before, who's it going to send it to? And in Tave, you can kind of assign like groupings on a wedding or certain contacts. And so these contacts are all uh, vendors. And so who are the vendors for this job? And so who are the vendors for that wedding? It automatically puts them in a little email box. And I don't even look at the draft. Like it just goes out magically. Um, And so, yeah, I literally collect the emails use the tokens and it just says, Hey, email these tokens. Um, and even if I don't have a certain vendor, right. So let's say they don't have a violinist. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the client didn't fill it out. It's going to send it to all the tokens and you know, it just goes into cyberspace or something like the, the <laughs> sure, email that, sure. you know, whatever. So yeah, that's super, super, super helpful. And then even so with like the blog, I have a custom token for the URL of the blog. I do have to put that in manually into my, um, my job worksheet, Mm-hmm. That way I can keep track of all my clients' blog posts. And then, but the email template just has a blank token and says, hey, give me the blog URL. And it pulls it from the job site or from the job uh, worksheet, emails it out and says, hey, you're on the blog, go check it out, share it with your friends, all that stuff. Uh, and it auto-populates that link. And so, yeah, really fun. Not a lot of work uh, after on the back end for me. You know, definitely a lot of work setting up. But I mean, again, we're doing we're doing a repeatable process, yeah. you know, week in, week out, 
especially this year, right? We're all shooting doubles and triples maybe if we're yep. going crazy. And it's, um, you know, it's once you set it up, it's so fun. And I think it allows us, even during a year like now, to have a personal touch with um, a lot of vendors. Yeah. Uh, the, the advice that I think I've been given is anything that you have to do more than once uh, for a given client cycle, you should yeah. figure out a way to systematize it and automate it if at all possible. Yeah. Right. Um, not all things like that are possible. And so that's, I was curious. It's like, well, how, like, yeah, how have you made that a possibility? And I will say this, right. not all CRMs can do what you just described. Not all CRMs yeah, are created true. equally. Um, I imagine that Debsado probably could. I yeah. imagine that Sprout probably could. Uh, and Tave. And beyond that, I actually don't know what else. I wouldn't put my money on many of the others that they could, yeah, unless sure. you're familiar with it. No, I probably only uh, Pixify, maybe, which I feel like they're like still super small. Uh, but that the thing with that, too, is you have to it was even too nerdy for me. Like Tave was the perfect balance. I was like, all right, mm. we're going to lose a little bit on the design side of things. But the nerdiness and the flexibility to, you know, be able to do certain things. And I love the reports, right? Like, so that way I can make data-driven decisions. Uh, that's something over the last few years I've really been into is like, okay, what are my peaks and valleys for when leads come in? What are my booking seasons? How far out do my couples book me, right? So like my 2022, my couples wait, you know, I think it's like 13 months on average, you know? So I might be like, oh, we don't have a lot for 2022, right? Even though it's a bull year. And, uh, but the data says, Hey, you got to wait till that 13th month month mark. And then they start coming in, hmm. you know, and, uh, and that's different for everybody, but you start to learn your own data and trends and, um, you know, it's super fun. So anyway, this could be a whole top podcast. We should get them to pay us top eight. You should just pay us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Topher. What's up, man? Where you at? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, I'm looking listen. at other CRMs right now, bro. You better come talk to me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We know you got that shoot proof money. So. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just got like really niche. Um, I, love I love it. So, okay. Here's my next question then. And this is one of them I am really curious about too. On the yeah. topic of like, you're saying that when you deliver the gallery, because this is another pain point for photographers, when they go to, they, you get the files all uploaded. You're getting ready to send to the client. Um, you, you send to the client and you kind of want to wash your hands clean of it. At least if you're like me, you do. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. Send it out to, go, to go back and to send it out to more vendors. Um, it just feels like something that realistically isn't going to happen. Right. Like I, yeah. I think, um, so one of the things that I do is I, I host a workshop at my house. It's called the abundance workshop. And yeah. at the workshop we have, uh, I, I group everyone up into little groups of maybe four or so. And, um, and their goal is to try to come up with the ultimate client experience. Now for them, it's a client experience. It's not a vendor experience, but the ultimate client experience. And then afterwards, we we do a little judging of the client experiences that get presented. But one of the factors that we always judge is how replicatable is this? Because a client experience, it must be replicatable. It must be the same experience for every single person that goes through it. Otherwise, it's greatly flawed, right? And so I'll hear these ideas of like, well, we're going to do this thing. And I'm like, you ain't going to be doing that for it. You'll do it to two people and then it'll fall <laughs> yeah. to the wayside. So I say that because I'm curious, how do, you, how do you replicate that? Is there a way that you automate even the delivery of the images to the vendors? Because I know that's a huge pain point for photographers. 
Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, through the same stuff in top A, uh, right? So even we'll start even really basic, right? So every wedding, your couples, 95% of the 99 probably have a first name, right? And so I literally have Tave guess what it thinks the URL is, which for me is my custom URL for, you know, the gallery. And then it is first name of each person and then dash wedding, right? Or the job type that it's in. Um, and so having that ability, even like, I don't have to go make a URL. I don't have to go grab it. Like Tave already knows uh, to build that into the email. And so after the wedding day, you know, whenever I'm ready to, you know, the gallery is actually finished. I literally go into Tave and I click one button in our workflow. And that workflow says, hey, I'm going to send the gallery delivery email to the couple. Right under that button is, hey, send the vendors the gallery email. And so I already have a vendor template that's like, guys, the photos are here. And I'm just as excited as I am for the couple. Hmm. You know, I'm like, guys, look at what you guys did. Like, I don't make it about me. Like, look at my photos. Like, I'm so cool. Um, I want to be like, guys, like, we did this. If we shot one wedding a year, this is it. Um, And just getting people pumped. Again, like, we're going to be here for 10 years. Like, I'm in my 30s now. Like, I need more homies on wedding day, you know. So, uh, you know, so, yeah, I literally click that button. It all automatically sends it out to them. Again, we've already got that vendor information from our questionnaire, uh, and that gallery is already in there. And then, if you want to go, you know, obviously your gallery has to be done, right? So you do have to make sure your gallery is uploaded before you send this, or else they're going to crickets. Um, but the other thing too, you know, that I found even just in the the digital space is, you know, I used to do like a photographer favorites album, and that would just be whatever I put on the blog. So they'd already seen those photos and might thought, how can I get the high res of that? Well, that's already in an album. And I tell them to go check it out. I tell them to download, share, enjoy how to use the star system or whatever your gallery uses. Um, And that way I can kind of invite them into the process, right? Um, You know, in that way too, they can know that. And even little things like the subject of the email has the wedding date and the couple's name, just so if they ever want to go back and reference it. As long as the gallery is live, they can go get those photos, right? Like I don't want them to have to store 10 gigs of photos if they're doing weddings every weekend. And so you can do a photographer favorites album in your gallery, or you can even do like specific vendor albums. I know a lot of people might do, Hey, here's all the florals. Here's Mm -hmm. all the reception details. You can get a little crazy if you want. Um, And again, you're just eliminating friction for them, right? Which as you do, you know, if you do less weddings, but higher end weddings, Hey, it's a lot more work, but you're also getting a lot more reward. So, yeah, man, uh, (laughs) Adam, I love this. I am going to be hitting you up for a little uh, a little behind the scenes of your Tave automations here. Um, <laughs> this is incredible. One of the things I like about this is it's just so straightforward, man. It's like this. And this is maybe one of the things that I love about marketing. Just like good marketing is like it's sometimes I think we we photographers make up one of two things. Either one that the thing that's going to get them more clients is this big secret. Like it's this. Uh, and it's probably because marketers have like broken us. It's probably because marketers yeah. have made us to believe that like, it's this one thing that's going to, they've never heard of it. And if you just do it it's, <laughs> and it's going to revolutionize yeah. your whole business and leads are going to come pouring in. So we, we either think it's that, or we, we get like too creative with our marketing. We start coming up with these crazy ideas. And, and what I love about this, Adam, is it's so clean. It's just so straightforward. It makes yeah. perfect sense. It's like it's like good old fashioned like 
handshaking uh, yeah. business. And that's... you're describing my business, man. Like I, I never do Facebook ads or anything like that. Yes. Like my, I'm not smart enough, man. Honestly, like stop I'm, it. That's bullshit. I, I am into the like the get her done basic, you know, sweat equity. Uh, kind of things for building your leads or building your inquiries, you know, and it's uh, right. Like I love SEO and I love client experience. And so, you know, doing a lot of that, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that I think it's been working and it also too, you know, it just helps build relationships. And I keep asking myself on wedding day, like who else can I serve? You know, yeah. who else can I help out? And, you know, again, like vendors have become friends, right. And last year, right. We all needed an extra buddy. We all needed extra people knowing what we were going through. And, uh, you know, and I really, it's so fun to show up on wedding day and all the vendors are like, Hey, you're that email guy, you know, or Hey, you're the guy that emailed us, right. You can even include a picture in the email. And, uh, it's just so fun. It's so cool. It makes weddings a lot more exciting to show up for Like I'm already pumped, but you know, again, getting ready, you just got your coffee and you're like, all right, here we go. Let's go shoot some shoes. And they're like, Oh, Adam, you know, so good. Uh, Adam, where can people find you or the Bearded Tog podcast online? Yeah, honestly, uh, we just came out with a, a little baby resource. It's my my first one. So don't judge me, Ben. Ben love is like, it. Again, no, ben, I love it. Ben's the Tom Brady. Um, but I put together a little inquiry toolkit kind of combining, you know, some vendor info, some SEO goodness, uh, and a little bit about how to deal with like the not and Zola. Uh, and so we call it our inquiry toolkit. We need a better name if somebody's got one. Uh, and you can go to getmorecouples.com and it'll be free. You can have that. There are links to the podcast in there, the bearded talk podcast that we host every week. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm just at Mason photography. And so if you see literally this, it's usually me with a hat or without a hat. And, uh, yeah, I love talking as Ben knows, like I'll talk to anybody any day, all the time, everywhere. And, uh, you know, my story is I'm from a small town raised by a single parent and kicked out of college. So like if I can do it, anybody listening to this can do it. And so I just love helping out and getting to talk to people like you now. So I'm like, it's just so cool. It's awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Adam. I appreciate your time, your knowledge, uh, and your willingness to share. This is great, great insight. Awesome. Thanks, man. Of course. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Adam is a brilliant person. He's such a good soul. I hope you go check out his work, make some photography, uh, get that resource, uh, getmorecouples.com. Uh, and, and I hope that you guys get a chance to hop into the mastermind group, maybe get a chance to see Adam's face, uh, search for Adam Mason in the mastermind group once you join, uh, and you'll see this video pop up. And so my friends, we come to another end. Thank you so much for listening today. I can't wait to see you in the group or uh, for you to tune in to the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Keep showing up. Bye, everybody.